Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question... Should I buy it, though? Hey everyone, welcome back to Should I Buy It Though. I am Nage, the master thief and savior of Morrowind. I am Nikolai, the emancipator. TJ of Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the sad one, Amanda Facosta. Oh, I, I think I just named my guy Nick, so I'm Nick. All right. <laughs> and... oh, wait, naming our characters? Y- y- what? <laughs> no, I just decided to introduce myself as Nage for no reason. I don't know. I come on. We said <laughs> improv, weird baby. Yeah. yeah I well. Guess. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we <laughs> this week we are reviewing uh, the relic that is the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Whoosh. Uh, I'm sure we will have some spirited discussion about this game. Uh, but before we get into any of that discussion, this game lets you name your save files. So I thought it'd be fun for us to read the names, because I I remember us all having fun when we discovered that mechanic uh, at the very beginning. So I'm just going to give you a little taste of what my journey was like, so you know what you have in store for me as a reviewer. My saves are Cavern Murder, and then in all caps, WOW, GO SELL, BUY AN AXE, DANGEROUS DOOR, in all caps, RATS, BIMBO, (laughs) in all caps, JOURNEY, PICK, all caps, do thief stuff, fight for your life, Dwemer dude, blade it up, more thiefing, double assassination. Uh, that was when I went to go look for the Dark Brotherhood, but it double turns out you can't join them in this game. Yep. Uh, whoops. <laughs> thief finality, interrogate, try to thief again, crime time baby, spoiler baby, uh, I am the Senate, finish the thiefdom, Unlimited power, and it is done. <laughs> Do you know what whoops wow. was in reference to? Um, I... Th- whoops. What was whoops in reference to? Did I... I think I might have killed someone or started a fight with someone that I wasn't supposed to. Oh, no, no, no. That that was me uh, after I found out that you can't join the Dark Brotherhood. And I was like, oh, what do I do now? So these are going to be a little out of order from when I actually made them in the game. But from bottom to top, <clears throat> will these rats kill me? <laughs> And I'm happy to inform our audience they did not kill me. Uh, the next one is I'm a bad dude. Uh, all cliff racers must mm. die. Um, <laughs> spelunking in all caps. I can fly. Uh, the chosen one. I will penetrate the door. Oh. And then in all caps, I penetrated the door. <laughs> I penetrated um, the door. My Sonic RPG comes to a close, and I will explain that in the review. I understand already. Um, auto save. Oh, that was the game. Uh, all right, and the last one is I'm not afraid of you anymore. The end. Good stuff. Thank you. All right, I have in no particular order. Um, we have. Diamonds are no friend. Uh, die, rat, die. I really like that we all had one <laughs> yep. pertaining to these rats. Um, let me, dude, let me, no, forget it. Uh, we'll get there. Another one was. Those rats, bro. My other one was close the goddamn door because I am oh so emo. And 
also autosave. <laughs> uh, Nick, do you have yours? Yeah, I don't have that many though. Uh, I just have Nikolai, and then Notorious Outlaw, Notorious <laughs> Outlaw Part Two, um, Nikolai the Emancipator, and then Nikolai the Great Emancipator. Ooh, nice! Wow. And TJ, and mine is Apple Scum because I couldn't <laughs> play on a Mac. <laughs> All right, so. That's uh that's our journeys in a in a nutshell. This is going to be an interesting game to review because of a lot of factors. So we'll get there when we get there. What did you guys spend your time doing in the game? Cuz I know we all had different experiences. I spent the first half if not longer really doing almost exclusively all of the Thieves Guild quests uh along with a few like side quests like people I would encounter on the road and stuff like that. And then, or like Daedric Shrine, stuff like that. But really the main quest line I was following was the Thieves Guild. And then I spent the last few days uh, doing all of the main quests. And then today, funny enough, I went back in and did a few more stuff. But yeah. I personally did, I would say about my first 20% of the game was me doing side quests for both the Fighters Guild and the Thieves Guild. Uh, But I mainly focused on the Fighters Guild uh, and then the rest of the game was just me going through all the side quests till the end, pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish the main quest, so... <laughs> um, you fired. Hey, hey, at least... It's a big game. I played the game. Big game. At least... Ouch. Ouch. Touche. Touche. I meant nothing but love, TJ. Um, but I spent a lot of my time uh, exploring, really. Yeah. I. I like I like looking at my map and seeing a lot of just like green and brown <laughs> and yellow and stuff because I'm like I did that I did that you know what I mean mm-hmm. I don't know that's it, it made me feel really good also because I was stuck a lot during the beginning because uh my character was just not good at like hand to hand combat mm-hmm. so I really needed a weapon but I you know, couldn't buy a weapon because I didn't have the gold and I couldn't find a weapon because I was also afraid to steal. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, you know, I was like, let me just explore. What else am I going to do? And I did a lot of side quests and stuff like that. Cool. Before I, yeah, good stuff. I just did a lot of exploring. I did some Thieves Guild stuff, did some main quest stuff, but usually I would stop at every like little cave or like ancestral tomb on the way there. Yeah, main quest didn't really grab me, but the world is still very interesting itself, so I liked looking at all the different landscapes and the different animals and wildlife. Yeah, I, I'm sure we'll have a detailed discussion on it, but as far as what you said, for sure the main quest, I was like, I wasn't interested in it, but also it's because I knew I was going to play it, I just wanted to put it off and explore the world, because one of my favorite things about this game is the world that was built uh, on a lot of different fronts. Uh, and then I was just really surprised at how much I did end up liking uh, the main quest once it once it actually gets started. Because the, the game does a, a pretty decent job, I think, of encouraging you to not do the main quest. Because you have a certain um, ally who is your main quest giver until you enter like the actual meat of the story. And every time you speak to him, he goes, he's like, okay, well, I have orders for you, but... Uh, you should probably go go build your cover story, go get to know some people, go get powerful, and come back to me whenever you're ready. So, yeah, I, I this game encouraged that exploration, and I had fun 
exploring, mostly through the Thieves Guild, but um, also the stuff that I found along the way as I was going to complete these quests. Let's get this out of the way real quick. How is performance for everyone? Because this is a very old game. I don't think any of us use mods. I know there was some console commanding going on. <laughs> we'll talk about that uh, next. <laughs> but as far as just performance of the actual game, did it run well for everyone? I was surprised. I thought it would be a buggy mess, but it only crashed once for me, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I didn't run into too many issues. Um, there was like a couple bugs with me clipping into objects for like a second and getting stuck on them, but it wasn't game breaking or anything. So um, I, I didn't run into too many bugs. Yeah, mine ran super smooth, um, but there, there's one, but I think it's in everyone's copy of the game, I think. Uh, there's like a cave I went where I, where, uh, if you dive down to the bottom of like the, the water, uh, you will teleport to the entrance of the cave every time. So really? Like, yeah, huh. it's really strange, hmm. but it runs really smooth and fast. So like no loading times at all for me at least. True. So yeah, I really liked yeah. it. Amanda, any Bioshock trouble? <laughs> um, my game did crash at least like three times. Mm -hmm. Uh, but really, other than that, I I don't know. I I, I can't complain. I guess there's just some a lot of the time. I guess I was like running around and I would get caught like on a staircase for no reason and i just couldn't <laughs> i couldn't get out of it i don't know hmm. but uh other than that no it was pretty solid cool i think i probably had the most crashes of any of you but i'm like i'm a tech guy i guess and going into an old game i was expecting some crashes uh and the thing is as long as i understand why something is crashing like i, I see the problem i'm okay with it so I know for me in Morrowind, it was, I once I started the game, I could not leave it for any reason, or certain executables would start to fail and the game would crash, which was fine. So, like, I had to make sure, you know, if I got, like, a low battery pop-up or something that pulled me out of the game, then I knew the game was about to die. Um, and those didn't bother me, because I at least, I knew how to avoid it, and I knew when it was coming. Weirdly enough, when I was doing the very final quest, I had, like, five crashes that day, uh, wow. just out of the blue. And it was a little frustrating. But other than that, it, I, I agree, it ran relatively smoothly. Yeah, so I, I don't think performance, uh, as far as uh, technically, is anything for people to worry about too much. So let's move into quality of life. Because uh, this is, again, an old game. That is the theme of the... It's, it's old. It's old. 2002, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's going on 20 years old. Um... And so, obviously, technology has made leaps and bounds of progress since then, so there are things that you miss in the game. I know uh, some of you noted that you missed the ability to fast travel, at least from, like, on the map, kind of like how you would in Skyrim. Uh, the big one was, because, again, I, I don't think any of us use mods, even though I, we entertain the idea for a second. The big one is movement speed. You are slow as hell in this game, and it's a, it's a common complaint. Um, so one of the ways to resolve that was console commands, and that worked out all right for me. Uh, did you guys find yourself missing a, a lot of the quality of life stuff, or were you able to adapt to it once you got used to the game? Because I know the opening hour of the game is grueling. I, I was super into it as we were making the character, and then the moment you took control and you started trying to do stuff, it was awful, because the game 
it's basically D&D the video game in that everything is a roll of the dice. So based on how high your skill level is and, you know, your luck and your... Uh, your stats and your strength and your everything, all of that goes into making a role to determine if you succeed at certain actions, which is not necessarily what we're used to nowadays. We're more like, if you hit someone, you'll do damage, but the amount of damage varies. In this game, it's like, if you have a you know a level one unarmed skill and you try to hit people, your punches are only going to land 1% of the time and stuff like that. So it's, it's weird to adjust to the systems for the first, you know, maybe two hours or so. Uh, but after that, I found that I understood how the game worked, and it wasn't too much of a bother. I was able to work with that. How was that for all of you? Yeah, I, I would go so far as to say that, I, particularly with speed, uh, I, if I hadn't done a console command after the first couple hours, I I would say the game's almost unplayable from how just slow and... It was a slog. I had to like bring myself to the computer to keep playing there in the beginning hours. But mm-hmm. once I made that adjustment, I'm like, okay, this it's bearable now. I'm still not having a ton of fun, but the more you learn about the story and you get, you know, the charm of some of the characters, because uh, there is a charm to the game. It, it, you have to keep playing to get there. I think. Yes. Because at first it could be a little grueling and boring, but um power through it is what i would say after i got past those beginning hours i was like okay i'm enjoying my experience with the game yeah i in my opinion this is a game where there are many many good qualities and then just because of the age there are certain things that are hard to adapt to at the beginning and while i would encourage you to work with the game and try and experience as much of it the way it was designed just to see if it's something that grows on you uh, if you find that you're not having a good time, this is a game where I encourage cheating, I guess. Uh, so, like, I know me personally, I had my move speed set to 150%, so a little bit faster, but I know, Palazzo, you had it set to, like, 1,000%. Um, <laughs> 800, I, it wasn't quite a 1,000. Okay. I would absolutely, <laughs> in my experience with the game, I would not recommend that, I think, because you can level up speed as part of the game mechanics, uh, and I think that because I did end up going to that speed later when I was trying to finish the main story for the sake of the review. But at that point, I had already decided I'm not going to do anything except for the main story. So uh, the thing is, it breaks the game in some ways. Like, you can just run away from encounters that you find in, in the street. It's it's a little harder to, like, stop and smell the roses. And I found that that was the least enjoyable way to play the game for me. I think this is a game where if you're just going to try and barrel through the main story, you're probably not going to have fun. This is a game where you really have to want to explore the game and, and take it in piece by piece. Yeah, don't do not do 800. It breaks the game. Nah. I did like 400 for a while, Weak. but then I switched to 800 when I wanted to get the game done. Weak. But I think, what did you say, 200 is a good speed? 2,000. I did 150, but I could I could agree with going you know a little faster. I found that at least at the onset, when I put it to 200, because that's what I tried initially, that was a bit too fast for me, especially because I okay. sprint everywhere. I don't just walk. Uh-huh. Um, but I play with it. Again, uh, this game, there are really wonderful things that are worth experiencing. Um, but if you find that some mechanic is just too archaic for you, just make it to something that you're going to enjoy. There's no reason to torture yourself 
for no reason. Yeah. With the speed, I did a happy medium. I did 500. Oh, my that was, God. That was pretty solid in my opinion. Okay, Nick. Jeez. I'm sorry. You got to do 2,000. Otherwise, you can't play it. You got to do 2,000. <laughs> I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. But I did 500. And because the game really does um, encourage exploration, I, I'm sorry. There's no way I would be able to play this game if I hadn't changed it. Like, it's just not... That wasn't an option. I found that, actually, I explored so much less when I got faster because, like... And, what? Well, it was it was also because I had decided I wasn't going to explore because I only had, like, a day or two left before the review, I thought, and I didn't know how much longer the story was going to be. Mm. But, like, I would run into a camp of bandits and I would just sprint away from them. And they just... They couldn't catch up, you know? Which is why I liked living at 150 because that's something that I think you could achieve through the game if you were really dedicated to leveling up your speed. So I couldn't necessarily run away from enemies. Random side note, but I hate the cliff racers in this game. And that's that's a known sentiment. Um, but yeah, at super high <laughs> speeds, I can run away from the cliff racers. But at 150, I would you would start sprinting and you would go, ah! And then sprint again and ah! And you would keep taking damage because you're not fast enough to run away from all enemies. It's just enough to kind of speed up the walking. Can you make that sound effect again? I'm sorry? Can you make that sound effect again? Ah! 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 <laughs> to, yeah, to your point about the, the cliff racers, that seemed to be one of like two enemies in the game that were just... They were too relentless, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. if my speed wasn't at 500, 600, it... it would be miserable you can't walk off the main road without getting attacked by one of those things and with yeah. a combat system that you know it grew on me over time but i don't find it to be incredibly interesting because it's rng that could just get really repetitive and boring after a while even if you are beating them no problem i definitely i mean you know there were like two or three separate occasions where i killed i think nine cliff racers in one sitting because i would yeah. kill one while more were being attracted to me uh, and that's something where if there's a mod to fix cliff racers, I would love that. But <laughs> yes, I agree with you there. Let's go into combat, I guess, a little bit. And or I guess the RNG nature of, of the mechanics. We, we already said it's yeah, it's a combination of stats that then decides the probability of you uh, succeeding at an event. And then based on how you do the event, so in the case of combat, how long you hold the attack or whatever, it determines what kind of attack you're doing, and then that determines how much damage you do. So it's very, very, like, tabletop RPG, like, super stats heavy. And if you don't know what it is, the opening of the game is extremely frustrating. Yes. Once I learned the system, like, one of the notes I think I have in here is uh, learning to play the game of the game... Like, once I figured that out, I actually started to have fun because I understood the math behind how the game worked. And so I knew how to game it a bit. So for me, I had an orc who was a monk. And so my main mode of combat for 90% of the game was just punching. It was just unarmed punches. And so punching is a little different from regular attacks because you don't do damage until you knock the enemy out. So you have to deplete their stamina, and then once they're down, you start doing damage. So the strategy is really you spam as fast as you can because you can attack the fastest to get them down, and then you hold up and wind up the punches to do extra damage once they're down. And later on, I ended up switching to a dagger just to switch things up for the late game. And that was fun because I like that this game gives you different avenues to explore and 
depending on like for example if you were in my case where you were overpowered for some of the beginning main quest stuff it's a good chance to level up a new skill and explore uh, and then when I did get overpowered in the super late missions, it forced me to experiment with magic, which was something that I had not done in a while, or really at all in, in the game, because I didn't need it. And so then when it was like, oh no, I'm about to die, let me drink this potion. What scrolls do I have? Let's see. Oh, this sounds cool, let's try it. I, I really enjoyed exploring the mechanics and, and understanding kind of how the game was played, so I knew... When I wanted to dodge, like, you know, when I wanted to use my punch, because my punch had a 100% chance of landing. And when I felt safe in using my dagger, that had a 30% chance. But I knew that if I used it, even though the combat's going to take longer, it'll start to level up and get better. So I'll be able to use it better as we go. How was that for you guys? Did you guys enjoy leveling and playing with the mechanics? Or did it remain tedious for you? Leveling was a little tedious because um, you had to accomplish certain tasks in your like menu bar like you had to level up the axe to gain a level or you had to do it like 10 times i think are you talking about within factions no just leveling up in general well the way it worked was for each successful action you did with a skill you got xp for that skill it's again it's very traditional like DD. so if you landed a hit with an axe you got xp points for your axe skill if you picked a lock you got xp points for your lock skill and so the more you did it and the more you succeeded the better you got at it but the when you leveled up one of those things individually you also got like a regular experience point yeah for your you, you get experience level. for everything but then you also get experience into your specific skills yeah, and I like the system of um, leveling up your weapons individually and your armor individually, getting experience for using those things. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like that it applied to your main character. I wish it went with the traditional, if you killed something, you got experience. If you completed a mission, you got experience. But you do, basically. Because to kill something, you have to land hits. And for each hit you're landing, you're getting experience. No, but a traditional way of doing it of like um, the... The the harder the enemy you kill, the more experience you get. Or if you go on a main quest versus a side quest, you get more experience or less experience. Again, in practice, it basically is because if it's a harder enemy, it takes more hits. Or if it's a harder quest with like you, there's more locks you need to pick or more whatever, that's more activities that you need to accomplish and you're getting more XP. But in a way, it didn't really work very well because in my case, my axe was pretty broken. And once you... um describe the way of how the combat actually works in the game my axe suddenly became very broken because i was a rogue red guard and i think i was um proficient in the axe weapon mm -hmm. and by the time i got to that point with cassius where he says you need to be level three for something to move on with the main mission i was still level one and i only had two points of experience because my axe was barely leveling up because i was dealing like two hits worth of Gotcha. Kill damage to an enemy, and I wasn't getting hurt by them, you know? So it hurt my experience in that way because then I was like, oh, now I got to go grind even though I don't really want to because I just learned that's how leveling up works. I didn't do okay. it naturally. That's a fair point. I guess for me it was just – it was different. It was natural because I did so many of the Thieves Guild quests, and to – to progress within factions, there are major skills and minor skills that they require. You have to do a certain amount of jobs for them, and you have to have a certain level. So, for example, like in the Thieves Guild, the major skill I chose to level up was Light Armor, and then the minor skills were like uh, Security and Lockpicking. And since you did that on the quests, 
I was leveling up skills that maybe wasn't natural. Like my initial instinct before I started doing stuff for them was unarmored and uh, and hand to hand. And so when I started doing that for them, it was leveling up because they were new skills, which in turn leveled me up. So I didn't run into that cap, but I, I definitely see how that could be a big impasse uh, for you. So yeah, different play styles, I guess. You also, you mentioned magic and scrolls earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I have a slight complaint with that. I enjoyed using them a lot, especially potions. The levitation potion was a ton of fun. I, that I was liked so experimenting cool. with them. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I like how they, it's like a pro and a con. I did like how they implemented the use of some of the potions into main quests. Mm-hmm. So you like experienced different ones and you got to experiment a little more with different ones on quests. But um, I wish they introduced them earlier, I want to say, because you could go through like three quarters of the game without using anything no spells yeah. no scrolls no potions and then all of a sudden it's just a dump of oh you gotta use a levitation potion you gotta use this and this and this and get two divine scrolls and it's like uh it, it became not overwhelming but like it was a tutorial too late in the game i felt like and i at that point i didn't want to learn something new yeah um but I did enjoy using it once I finally did. I just wish it was introduced better and earlier, I guess. I totally see your point. I think a lot of the difference in our playstyles was the fact that you did just choose to go with the main quest uh, after a certain point. Uh, because I found that by doing the side stuff that was recommended, like doing the Thieves Guild or talking to people who are on the street, all of that got introduced a lot earlier to me. So I learned, for example, I had to visit the Telvani Towers earlier and so i had to use a a levitation scroll uh that the thieves guild gave to me so by the time i got to that kind of stuff in the main quest it was familiar to me another thing that like you brought up which i thought was interesting because i was worried about it just as we were chatting about our experiences with the game while we were playing it is you mentioned not having certain scrolls and potions that were needed to complete main quests yep the weird thing was that i always had exactly what i needed and I think one of one of the points where we differed there, which which I think we talked about it uh, the other day, was like for one of the missions, they send you to some places where you do need certain scrolls, but the quest giver tells you, he's like, oh, by the way, before you go, go stop at this place, and uh, they have a care package for you, and the care package had the scrolls. Obviously, you didn't have to do that, but like if you were reading everything and paying attention and like and choosing to do the optional stuff... I found that the path was relatively smooth as far as having everything I needed. Yeah, and the game totally encourages you to explore and go do side quests and stuff, which is probably where I would have picked some of that stuff up and not really had that complaint that I had back then. But um, I, I guess, again, just RPGs nowadays have done it better in the sense of, like, it doesn't force people to do some of those things if they don't want to choose to do that you know what i mean like well i th- I think this game gives you more freedom because you don't have to go get those things because for example like if i'm doing a build where i i think oh my person knows a spell of levitation i don't need your stuff i can just skip it as opposed to it being like a forced encounter or if i go you know what i don't want to stop there and do that i'm loaded in gold i'm gonna go talk to my alchemist friend and buy what i need I I found that this game gave you more freedom in a way that could be restricting at points, just depending on how you approach stuff. Because, yeah, there were were stuff where it was like, cool, 
you need this ability to get there and we're not going to shove it in your face and tell you how to get it because there are different ways to go about it but yeah like if you're trying to mainline the quest um it, it can definitely be frustrating and i think that's my big disclaimer to people who are interested in this game like if you're the kind of person who likes to mainline a quest, be like, I just want to spend 10 hours in the game and get over with it, I don't think you'll have a good experience in this game. And the one egregious mission was the one where you got to break someone out of jail and you need the two divinity scrolls. That mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with because I just bought the scrolls and yeah. I was fine. But you had to use lockpicking skills all of a sudden. And that's something you I don't think you needed to do beforehand. That's true. But that mission, you, you had to break her out with a lockpick. And if your skills weren't up to snuff, like... It was impossible. It just was. And Did you ever try were... using uh, the scroll of uh, Unducey's Unhinging? No. Is that a scroll that lets you unlock stuff automatically? Yeah. It opens stuff between level 20 and 60, I believe. Yeah. No, I, I did not. I don't think I had that one. Yeah, exactly. There's. Um, that's what I mean. I mean, you, you had no way of knowing that just because you didn't explore, which is the restriction of this game, but I guess also the freedom in that there are different approaches. It just, it sucks that sometimes you don't really get any indication. You have to find it naturally. It's very, I don't want to say hardcore gamer in that way, but it's very much just like throwing you to the wolves. Yeah, and I think there's a distinct line to be drawn between like throwing you to the wolves and not holding your hand necessarily. Because I love games that don't hold your hand, but I also can't stand the ones that give you absolutely no direction or no help with certain things. And it's not it's not basic friendly essentially you know yeah it's not it's not a casual paradise like bioshock 2 is like uh you gotta think a little bit and that's totally fine but this game i think it really goes full force with you're on your own kid good luck and that's i mean it, it, it's a it's a double-edged sword i guess some people really love that and some people really hate it normally i i would think it's a, it's a it it would suck because I do think that you need to kind of indicate to your players how the world works and all of that. Just in my personal experience, I found that I did enough passive learning before I got to points where it was like a soft lock on the story. So it wasn't as much of an issue for me, but different play styles. And so it's something to be aware of when you're considering this game, like how you approach your gameplay. What about uh, Nick and Amanda, especially because you guys had different play styles kind of in just exploring through the free world which was some of my favorite stuff i thought there were a lot of really cute quests like there were there were just a bunch of moments where even if it's just the flavor text that they throw at you there's a bunch of little things to find in the world that i'm sure you could sink hundreds of hours into morrowind and maybe not see everything so as people who were kind of more just doing your thing in the world how did you enjoy the mechanics and i guess the presentation of the game. I enjoyed it. I, it was, it's, it's, I only, I mostly explored because at least towards the beginning, because I really just, you guys knew I was very stressed out at the beginning because yes. I couldn't kill these rats, you know? No, it, <laughs> it, it, it was a pain point for all of us, I think. It was, yeah. and, but the thing is like, it was the beginning of the game and mm-hmm. I just couldn't, there were, you had to, there's a little thing you have to do for the fighters guild and you have to kill three rats. You just have to get rid of these rats. And I'm like, get rid of rats. That's a baby. No problem. So, you know, you go in thinking, hey, <laughs> I, I'm going to kill some rats. And all you're equipped with is either, you know, your hands or this little dagger. Um, and, you know, I go in, I open the door, there's the rat, and I'm clicking away trying to kill this rat. And I die like eight, nine times. Yeah. 
And I complain to Giancarlo and Nick, and I'm like, guys, like, just wait till you try and kill this rat. This rat is like, I, I don't, I don't even know, man. And then they go in and they die, maybe like twice, maybe. Nick, I think I, I died more than dies. twice. I saved outside the door, and then eventually, what I found was I had to go in, kill one rat, run out of the room, rest to regain my health, and then kill the other rat. Had Giancarlo not described to me how the combat actually works, I definitely would have died. Like, it's it's a whole new game once you learn how that mechanic yeah. works. And I think the game could have benefited from maybe a better combat tutorial, but oh well. <laughs> well, I mean, even when he explained it, I still died so many times. Only because I also didn't realize that, like, um, the character I had created was just not good. Like, their forte was not hand-to-hand combat or you know, daggers or a short blade or stuff like that. It was, I needed, um, I was proficient in long blades and bow and arrows and crossbow and all that nonsense, which obviously... This game is, uh, is like really, it's very much an RPG where your build yeah. matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but obviously like, you know, starting the game off, they give you yeah, hands and um, <laughs> a dagger. So I, I felt, I felt pretty lost at the beginning so that's mainly why i decided to leave and just explore and do other things and um like i said i really liked watching my map turn green and it was <laughs> just it was just a pleasant time i i like nick benetatos had said before like you just learned a lot about the environment yeah. and the creatures and the cliff racers yeah they suck and then slaughterfish in the water i i listen i in real life, have this, I have fear of like open waters, especially when I can't like see, I can't see what's going on down there. And so that translates over to this game as well. I don't know why. It's kind of silly because it's a game and I know nothing can hurt me at all. Like, <laughs> but when, you know, I was, I'm nervous whenever I'm in a body of water, even in a game. And so then there's a slaughterfish, and I hated the slaughterfish, and they are just always there, even though you said you, like, never got attacked by slaughterfish. I, I did plenty, I but know. I just killed okay. them quick. Then maybe Palazzo was, I don't know. Someone said, slaughterfish are fine. I'm like, you're a liar. Yeah, but uh, I was so fast, I was basically walking on water, so oh, I don't know if yeah. I count. <laughs> okay, there you go. But yeah, just getting to discover the world, and uh, also, the game kind of... you. You become a reader in this game. If you don't like reading, you're <laughs> you're screwed, mm -hmm. dude. <laughs> you gotta read. So whenever I would meet new people, or people would just stop me and just start talking, I'm like, okay, let's let's read a book. Let's do a chapter. Yeah. And my favorite one, favorite person, I don't remember what their name was, but I was just you know walking along a little lonesome road, and there's just this person, creature, whatever, and they start talking to me, and they're like, you know. And this is not verbatim, but they're like, you know, I would really love a kiss from a beautiful, a beautiful woman. And I'm just like, excuse me? And he's like, would you do me that favor? Would you do me that solid? And I'm just like, I mean, I guess. And so, you know, <laughs> you do it. And he's just like, ah, I am satisfied. And I was like, I was ready to get cursed. I was ready to die on the spot, you know, or get shanked or something. And he was like, nope, that's really all I wanted. If you need me, I'll be at this tavern over in that town. And he's gone. And I'm like, that was such a pleasant little <laughs> stupid, so stupid. But it was just like, okay, I I don't know. And from then on, I was like, all right, this is 
this is the game. This is what makes it what it is. I agree. You know what I mean? Yes. My favorite character so. was also a guy that tried to kiss me. I forget his name, <laughs> but I had a similar experience. It was great. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. And don't know. not to, uh, I, I don't want to drag other games into this too much, but obviously, okay, it, it, it's going to be a little bit of a, of a double-edged sword, but we'll get to the other thing in a second. Um, get in here, Witcher. As No, no. As someone who... Okay. Uh, Skyrim is one of my favorite games. It was one of the first ones that I really delved into the world. Obviously, this one being set before that, because it's the third game in the series as opposed to the fifth, I loved uncovering little things that tied into stuff I love from Skyrim. Like, in this game, you get to meet the author of uh, The Lusty Argonian Maid, and his name is Crassius Curio, and... You wouldn't know it, you know, it's not, he's not like, I'm writing a book called, like, no, but if you find out that that's who he is, like, if you just kind of follow it, and and just getting to meet him, I was like, oh my god, like, it's you, and then he says, like, all this weird shit, like, he starts hitting on you, and he asks you to call him uncle, and, like, it's weird, but... Oh, yeah, yeah that was the guy. Weird. That was the guy I liked. <laughs> yeah, it, but, but it's these delightful little things where the characters are vibrant, and especially if, if you like the world of the Elder Scrolls, there's enough that ties in that uh, is, is a delightful discovery as a player. You mentioned the environment, and to me that is one of the great strengths of this game, within reason. I just think that the world that they built is so wonderfully detailed, especially when you consider the time. And one of the things this game did is that it made me appreciate Skyrim a lot less, on a lot of fronts. Um, and games like Skyrim, but Skyrim being, you know, a sequel to this in particular. Like, the music. Skyrim uses all of the music from Morrowind. It has some extra songs, but, like, the main Elder Scrolls themes, I thought they were unique to Skyrim, and no, like... They're here, they're in Morrowind, and I was like, wow, okay, you guys didn't even, like... And then when you look at the environments, too, like, in, in Skyrim, everything is an enemy in the world, you know? Like, anything you encounter in the wild is gonna try and kill you, pretty much. In this world, there are things like the Netches, where they're just existing, like, they're passive creatures. Yeah, there are plenty of enemies, don't get me wrong, but there, there are just these things that are chilling, and the environments are so creative... Um, I, I love the Talvani Towers. They're, they're basically, um, for those of you who don't know, they're uh, wizard towers for, for the High Elves. And, like, you need the levitation potions to get around because they fly. And they're built out of these mushrooms. Everything just feels really fleshed out. Even though, like, for example, I hated the main city of Vivek because it was repetitive and confusing to navigate and stuff like that. I but vomited every time i went to vivek whatever you want to call it vivek Dreadful. is an awful experience gameplay wise Blech. but what Blech. as far as diversity of environment i really thought it was nice that this felt like a real world and i knew my way around because you know you can't i mean you can fast travel you can ride the silt striders or you can teleport with the mages guild there are plenty of ways to get around the game faster but one of my favorite things in this game was just walking from town to town and like seeing what things I was going to encounter on my way there and really getting to know this world. Like I could navigate roads without having to read the signs after a certain point just because I, I knew my way around. So 
yeah, I, I thought the environment was was wonderful. And even if we if we go beyond just the physical environment, stuff like the culture and the politics. One of the things, again, comparing it to Skyrim, I guess, is that in Skyrim, you know, you have the Thieves Guild, you have the Dark Brotherhood, you have the Companions, and they're all their own separate side quests. And they're wonderful in scale. The gameplay is obviously better than what you're going to get here. Here you get, you know, you get click fatigue. But as far as the storytelling, the way that everything intertwines is so much more fleshed out. It feels like a real world. Like, I was doing initially the Fighters Guild and the Thieves Guild. And at one point, the Fighters Guild asked me to go retrieve something. And the Thieves Guild person told me, they were like, oh, no, 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 no. This helps our rival. You got to make a choice. And so you, you have to pick a faction. You can't just do everything. You have to, like, be a person in this world where your actions are changing things. Um, and even, you know, I would kill people at one point that then would pop up in, like, another quest line, and either it would be great because they'd be like, oh, you did that already? Great, here you go. Or they would be like, oh, no, 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 we don't like you because you did this. And I'm like, wait, I just met you. I didn't know. Yeah, so to me, the, the world felt wonderful and real and detailed. Yeah, I agree. The world building in this game I thought was very well done. Uh, okay, I'm going to say a nice thing first. And I'm going to say a not so nice Go thing first. It. And then second. <laughs> um, so the nice thing is uh, the characters and the people, the the world felt lived in, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone had seen what seemed like their own story, their own place in the world. They were moving about the different towns. Um, the towns themselves all had an individual story. You mentioned the, uh, the sorcerers towers that were, uh, design wise, really cool to look at and also had their own tales. Uh, all that was great. But when it came to the actual physical environment of Morrowind, uh-huh. uh, I thought it was barren and kind of drab and it wasn't very interesting to move around. That's and not fair. only that, but there's not a ver- not a large variety of enemy types to fight, so it all became very samey after a while. However, once you got to the next town and you got more story and world building, like that stuff was great. It's just the in between of moving in the environment I didn't enjoy so much. Yeah, the the main quests, like especially the enemies being a little samey, I would definitely agree with that. You do encounter the standard variety. You encounter, you know, some of the Dwemer creations. You encounter Daedra. Uh, you encounter people and you know stuff like that and so i can definitely see again like if you're running specifically from quest to quest how it can get drab and the environment of course for story reasons but yeah it's it's a little dead especially in certain areas uh but like one of the things i enjoyed doing even though they were simple quests were just stopping at the uh daedric shrines and particularly there's one that it makes you do as part of the main quest uh to my favorite daedric god i I won't spoil it but the it's one of the few where you actually get to interact with people other than just combat and i thought it was delightful because their interactions were so appropriate to this god but yeah I, i i just liked that there was something in each corner of the world even if yeah the the overland and particularly the uh the quest for the main mission, like, enemy-wise, are, yeah, a little drab. I, I will certainly give you that point. Uh, how did it feel for, for you, Nick, Nick and Amanda, since you were just kind of traveling about randomly? Did you find enough variety? Was it interesting to you? Well, no. I mean, Paul also makes a fair point there, for sure. But, and also, I mean, yeah, no, he makes a really fair point, especially because, like, everything... 
once you've explored enough, you're like, okay, everything kind of looks the same. I'm definitely lost. And if there are no signposts telling me or directing me, and you know, you have your map and stuff, mm-hmm. but still, it's it got uh, kind of boring after a while. Eventually, I did go back to the main quest. I did it. Okay. I did that. But yeah, no, for sure. It was uh, a lot of rocks, <laughs> some mm-hmm. trees every now and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> a lot of mountains, a lot of hills, <laughs> a lot of hills. A lot of, and, you know, you know, we all love to just try and climb the highest mountain to just instead of having to go around. <laughs> um, or at least that's definitely not just me. Right. That's- it was me and Skyrim. I tried not to do that too much in this game because it was harder to jump and navigate. So I tried to stick to paths. Mm. The okay. fastest way to a point is a straight yep. line, so I'm going over that mountain. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When yeah. you set your speed, because that's what I did late game when I was just trying to finish the main quest for the sake of the review. When I was at 1,000, I could go over mountains no problem. Mm. But at my regular oh. speed, it was near impossible. Like, it was spam jump. And I was like, I'm going to have more fun if I just follow the path and see what is in the world along the areas I'm supposed to be in. Sure. I mean, even at 500, I couldn't... Um, crossover mountains like a god but uh, <laughs> i just wanted to see if you guys could but yeah apparently a, a thousand sure yeah i could <laughs> and then i even nice. ended up setting my jump to like 200 or something so i could get some oh, big god. leaps going oh my god <laughs> what so, 2000 speed with some big jumpage i could reach character i read i reached a character that you're not even supposed to because there's no door to him he's like on top of a roof and he looks like a samurai um but the combat is like stupid spam clicky whatever if someone in the next room asks you what you're doing you could say i guess you're doing high frequency stocks trading or something because you're just spamming clicking the mouse i don't like it um so you you don't like the combat nick (laughs) no i don't i didn't even have a problem with like you guys talk about rats and cliff racers they weren't a problem for me but that's probably because I started as an assassin, so my uh, proficiency was in daggers anyway. So it just kind of felt useless. Like I just don't like when I do something and you know nothing happens. Like I'm expect what well, doesn't do what I expected to do, and it's just purely chance. So I just felt stupid like clicking the mouse over and over, and I didn't miss as much because yeah, I was already like dagger was my skill, but it. And not like Skyrim had the best combat, but it's even worse for me here. I would almost rather um, the turn-style combat, I guess. I would say that Skyrim actually had really great combat. Like, of the, the three games that I constantly think of in this are Morrowind itself, Skyrim, and The Witcher. And I would say from those three, Skyrim has the most enjoyable combat for me. It's fun, but it's more of the same you're just hitting things. It's just that they don't miss. They either get blocked or they don't do much damage. Yeah. Nick, you said about expecting the world to react. And so one of the big things that's yeah. different about this game is uh, the way that NPCs function and interactivity and reactivity. And so that's definitely something where the game shows its age. Like sometimes I would punch someone and immediately I would have seven enemies descend on me be like, no, you can't do that. And then other times it would just be like weirdly glitched where I could fight someone and his friend would just be like whistling in the corner uh, and not really reacting and stuff like that. So that is maybe, in my opinion, the biggest weakness of the game. The uh, NPCs you're talking about? Yeah, or or 
just the way the the world reacts in general to your actions it's weird because it benefits uh-huh. it in some areas and then sucks in other areas because you don't really know how it's how they're gonna react because uh, you don't really know where their field of vision is sometimes and stuff like that but one of one of the areas I found that it helped was when I was stealing stuff because I had no idea like I'd be staring at a key like on a bench and I'd be crouched and I'd be like okay I'm gonna try and steal it I have no idea if I'm gonna get caught or not so stealing really felt like stealing to me uh, but then when it came to other stuff like every now and then I could kill someone in front of other people and have no reaction then it kind of suck there and I know that that was a big gripe for some of you right for stealing, you have the little icon that pops up on the bottom left if you're spotted or not. Like when you crouch, huh. there's a little, it's a stick drawn, like That's a stick figure good. hand. I saw the stick drawing, but I thought it was just to oh. indicate that you were crouching. I didn't realize that would tell me if I got spotted or not. I thought it was for crouching too, but then it would always go yeah, away. Yeah, that's that's Sometimes the eye from Skyrim. Crouching. That's your little thing. Oh, Benetados, you little genius. Genius. Ah, well, you know. Wow. 2,000 speed over here, so what what can I say? (laughs) He's a pro gamer. I can explore at 2,000 speed. I I can spot everything in the blink of an eye. Speed racer. He's the shadow to my side. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you guys run into the problem where um, NPCs would block hallways and you just couldn't get to where you need to go? Yes, all the time, especially in Vivek. All the time. I hate that. Yes, Vivek especially because those hallways are so tight. Oh my dude. god! Oh, dude. And I mean, I mean, it was mostly like guards, right? For you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I was always on the lookout for them. Like, it's always a guard. Like, okay. Like, re- like back off, but dude. As shitty as Vivek is at two thousand speed, it's a lot easier. I have to say. Well, that okay, but also like. You also gotta learn it learn the layout yeah but you can go through it quickly and then if you need to go to a different quadrant like you can just jump over the water i don't have to take a bridge i can just jump over to the next quadrant. oh my god over the yeah like no i didn't need to worry about bridges no that's well also because i um especially indoors even not at 500 speed i would get very dizzy um so that sucked so if you have issues with that um Sorry, it sucks, <laughs> and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but whenever I was outside, yeah, I can like that. I was fine. I could. Run, do you open the map because the map will tell you what like where the stores are, where the bar is, and stuff like the local mm-hmm. map. Yeah. So that kind of helps. I, I was just gonna say I liked how the map was split up into like a a world map, and you had your local maps. So it zoomed in on each town when you were in them. I thought that was like a nice design choice. I don't know. I liked it. Sure. Kind of in the territory of narrative. I really like the ambient storytelling build in the world. And Nick and Amanda, you may not have gotten to experience it too terribly much. But it particularly pertaining to the main story. One, because this world is so fleshed out and it is like like a living novel, you can piece a lot of stuff together. Like I, I guessed the big reveal in the game and I guess the final encounter as well. But not in a disappointing way, in a way where I was like, oh, that'd be cool. I think the game is trying to throw me in that direction. And sure enough, it was. But it was, I like that it was hinted at consistently from the very beginning. Just if you really pay attention to the world, the way people talk about certain things, like everything is tied into something else. Uh, And then particularly as you progress through that main section of the story, one of the things I like is that the game introduces some dreams 
and then later it introduces characters called sleepers and then after you break a certain point in the story it introduces a different character called dreamers uh and it's so that the that main plot that you can ignore for quite a while uh slowly just gets bigger and bigger like it's everywhere all of a sudden as you sort of entrench yourself more in this world and i like that i liked the uh the use of these little events and environments and casual conversations to build bigger narratives. Palazzo, how did that come across to you? The the narrative in general, you mean? Sure. Like a- any thoughts you have on the narrative, but particularly I'm I'm at least referring to how it's to, delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I'll say that I thought the main quest and how it's given to the player that's my favorite part of the game, honestly. Yes. Um. You touched on this a little bit. Um, th- there's moments very, very early on in the game where little things happen to your character and you have no idea what the hell they mean, mm-hmm. but it's all part of the main plot. Like you could be walking in a town, right? And a guy comes up to you and um, you don't have to interact with him. He stops you yep. and he essentially says like, Voldemort will rise again. And it's like, uh, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? It, it, stuff like that gave me like chills, honestly, it, because you're not expecting it. You don't know what it means. And it's cool. You piece stuff like that together. There's dreams your character has as part of the main story. Um, you get an illness at some point that's like given to you by this Dark Lord character. Oh, yeah. And um, the the whole plot where you figure out who your character is, that doesn't come in until like halfway through. Yeah. But it, it's fun piecing those things together, I think. The, the one complaint I have about how the story is given to you is that um and it's not really about the main story it's dialogue options in general instead of it feeling like natural like a conversation you would have like in other games like uh final fantasy 7 or something you're you're reading the whole time there's no voice acting or anything you're reading and in stuff like that it's a very natural way of getting the game delivered to you but in this it's just in encyclopedia dump and you are reading the whole time and it doesn't feel authentic and that was my biggest complaint of the storytelling in that aspect at least that you had to just you know buckle up and read the whole dictionary rather than you know having dialogue with someone i don't know if you felt that i enjoyed the fact that you could get as much detail as you wanted like when you did particularly Mm -hmm. when it was like main quest stuff the characters would be like, okay, here's the gist of it. I also gave you a book with everything. And also you can ask me any questions if you want. But that's the big stuff you need to know. And so, again, I, I think this game, like, uh, if you're going to buy this game, you should be doing it because you're interested in the world and the storytelling that they're doing. So if you're taking your time and you're savoring that stuff and you want to read, you you want to, like, do all that stuff, um, I thought it was delightful to have as much information as I wanted. Uh, I will say that, yeah, navigating the conversations was sometimes weird because, like, there there are, like, highlights that you can click on. So I'd find myself scrolling all the way up after clicking one to try and get the next one to make sure I didn't miss anything. And so, yeah, it was, like, a weird encyclopedia dump. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it detracted from my experience uh, just because I enjoyed having that information more so than navigating the conversation was difficult. Uh, but... Overall, like with a lot of things, I would love to see... I know there's a project like Skywind where they try to remake this this game in like Skyrim's engine. 
Uh, something like that, oh. I think, would be fabulous. I would love to see all the work that they did with this game be updated in a more fluid and modern context. I didn't really like the beginning. I wasn't... It's not... It's just, hey, go here to start the game. Like, I just know... I wasn't invested in it. There's no reason for me to care. Yeah, it does not get interesting until there's a point where the plot actually kicks off. Like a third of the way in, I think. I I would say almost further than that. For me, it was over halfway into my playthrough, Just, but it's because I was doing other stuff. Um, Yeah, the... I, I think it's almost meant to be uninteresting to encourage you to go do other stuff. Because I thought, I'm like, okay, I'll do the main quest. We'll see if it's cool, whatever. But once it got going, I was like, oh, wow, this is a badass quest. I was, I I, I love the, the scope and scale of it and all the complex, uh, almost mysteries. Because some stuff isn't necessarily concrete. There are like differing stories. Um, again, it'd be nice if it was presented with you know newer mechanics like it tries to do some big stuff that doesn't look bad but i'm like oh this would look so cool and like in a modern game um but overall as far as the story like once you get to the point where it actually starts uh and you know who you are as a character it becomes really compelling to me but nick i I think you raised a good point there and please let me know if you agree but um quests themselves not just in the beginning but uh, what they have you do in quests, it's not interesting at all. Like getting the story, yeah, that's great. Love that stuff. But what you're doing to get those story bits is not fun. It's essentially talk to person A. They yeah. tell you to go yes. to person B or pick up item A and bring it yeah, back to person we, A. We call those bitch quests usually in the community. <laughs> like or, or fetch quests, you know. Yeah, same <laughs> thing. Term, you're, you're, but... you're their bitch. I'm not working for some drunk old man that I don't care about. I don't want to join your clan. Like, for me, it, I didn't care about him. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I went in a little more. Uh, I did not finish the main story. I'm 17 hours in the game, and I, I, I'm pretty sure Vivek is as far as I got in the main story. Yeah, this game, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you do not play this game for the mechanics, period. You play this no. game for the story that is being told in between the mechanics. And the the main quest, again, shocked me because I thought it was going to be whatever because it starts so bland. Uh, but it has so many delightful little twists where when I get assigned the mission initially, I was like, are you kidding me? I have to go do this how many times? But then all of a sudden, it's not straightforward. They throw a twist in there where actually you have to do something else in order to accomplish this. Um, and I just, I enjoyed the creativity. This this game overall in environments and storytelling and everything to me, the main thing is that it screams imagination. It is a way more imaginative game. Skyrim, for example, uh, to bring back my two comparisons, but like Skyrim is... Dragons. Uh, yeah, it's dragons and Vikings. <laughs> like it's... It's a lot less it's Norse mythology. Cre- creation. Yeah, it's not super creative. It's not like anything special. And then even something like The Witcher, while the storytelling is super compelling, the world itself, like these are all creatures that exist in mythology already. Like it's it's drawing off of real world inspirations. The thing about Morrowind is like everything feels unique. And so I I enjoyed that. And in the quest, I thought there were so many silly little twists and some like really heavy twists as well. So I thought it was a nice writing and kept me interested, even if it was just running and clicking uh, for most of the game. That's another complaint I had too with the 
just the variety of or lack of variety of choices rather comparing this to the witcher and the witcher it feels like there's a hundred things that you can do that affects the outcome of a certain quest side quest and main quest and this one it's like click through the dialogue options either convince them by paying the money or just pay the money to give you your thing and be on your merry way not a lot of things i felt like affected the main story or affected much of anything really yeah and um i didn't find that to be terribly interesting but you know at at its time i'm sure it was revolutionary and amazing it's just other games i've been Mm. spoiled with things that have taken that formula and made it better i guess is what i'm trying to say it's complex because you can derail entire storylines and have completely different experiences and there are different ways to approach each task like uh there is a lot of choice in this game but when it comes to the main story like the big story beats as far as like the outcomes and everything you know uh like i was telling palazzo the other day about how he was not even aware of some of the other witcher endings that there were in this game it's for a game that gives you so much choice and lets you be whoever you want to be and use whatever skills you want to use it is kind of surprisingly linear in the end despite the fact that you can affect the world and the side quests the actual the meat of it is to my understanding i think there's really only one way to go about it even though you're the steps you take to get there are different i did look it up afterwards there's a second way you could reach the ending but i'm pretty sure the outcome is the same yeah like there were there are some points where it almost feels like they're going to give you a choice to like to pick a side yeah but you can't you can discuss and no. <laughs> you can role play as your character and be like, what is my response going to be? But ultimately, the story tells you they're like, no, 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 this is this is the destiny. And even I mean, you have the option. You can kill the few essential NPCs that there are in this game. But then it'll tell you, you know, the uh, the thread of prophecy is severed uh, and either reload an earlier save or continue in the dark world that you created. Well, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't either. I still think it's better than uh, Skyrim just not letting you damage certain NPCs at all. Well, you can damage them, and they'll just be down until they sit right back up and hurt you again. Yeah, nothing happens. It's yeah. They don't let you do anything. This game at least gives you the But I don't want to accidentally screw myself and go back to a save nine hours before. Not that I would. Not, not nine hours, but... It, it, it never really happens accidentally, though. Like, every time I killed an essential NPC, I had, like, the moment of, can I even kill this person? Should I kill this I don't know. I mean, it might be different for other people, but I always ended up saving before I did anything bad like that. And then I was like, yep, okay, let's go back. <laughs> but then just make it a game over or something. I don't I don't know why. Well, it, it, it lets you continue playing if, if but, that's what you want to do. Yeah. But it the, gives you the freedom to do that. It just says, hey, the prophecy is screwed because this person was important. But you can continue doing the other stuff. Yeah, I guess. But it becomes like a nothing game then. And that's like a casual player might not even recognize that like, oh, your main mission just came to a close. I'm sure they basically telegraph it to you decently well. But that I read read a lot of comments that were funny about people who played this game like back when it came out and didn't speak English. And so they, they did that. And never knew what happened. And they played the game and loved it. Like, they were like, I put 200 hours into the game. And I never even realized that I didn't get to experience the actual story. Damn. And that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I, I guess if you could look at that as a downside. But I see it as it's nice that 
you have the choice and that the world has enough stuff going on that, you, you know, there's enough gameplay to continue if you really want to kill that person. You know what else I read online that was the common complaint? I think, Amanda, you mentioned this, but um, it, at the beginning, you know that old guy you talked to that essentially gives you your class and your race and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain combinations of class and race where the game essentially it will not go well for you depending on what you choose there's certain um classes that go well with other races that makes your time so much easier in the game otherwise you're not gonna have fun just because you're you're not doing enough damage because you don't have a race paired well with another class or something again it's dnd yeah i'm assuming if someone's interested in buying this game at this point that they're a fan of skyrim and yeah being a fan of skyrim is the double-edged sword because i like someone like me i'm really fascinated in the lore of the elder scrolls like like you said with the argonian maid author and the last living dwemer like to me that's a big deal um but to someone like Palazzo, who's never played an Elder Scrolls game, of course I don't see him being invested in that world because yeah. there's nothing really even familiar. I personally was not, no. <laughs> but I did things like like the environment. Like like in Skyrim, we'd have a deer or a bunny, or that would be your little fl- wildlife. And here we have giant fleas and floating jellyfish and little uh, exoskeleton caterpillars walking around and... And these mines were these giant insect-like creatures, but like John said, they're peaceful. To me, is super interesting that I can just walk around in their world like another, I guess, like another insect because they're like huge insects um, and not be harmed. That might be an argument against the game, though, because with The Witcher, I played 3 was my first Witcher experience. I hadn't played the other games, and I was immediately sucked into that world and all of its inhabitants. And Morrowind, it took a while for me to get there. I can't speak to the experience of someone who has never played an Elder Scrolls game, because obviously I have, and I enjoyed the tidbits that tied into stuff I knew. But this game also has a lot of... Uh, its own unique stuff it's its own region you know it's it's a completely separate area of the world and i will say that the stuff that was foreign to me i thought was highly interesting but i recognize that i have a bias in that area so i'm i I can't really argue otherwise i still find while it is very interesting i the entire time i was just craving skyrim the whole time so that's also uh because yeah I've, i've been spoiled so that's another mm-hmm. bad side if you've played Skyrim before is that yeah you're just going to you might just wish you were playing Skyrim the entire time. So like for my playthrough the most engaging thing was like why I called myself Nikolai the Emancipator because I was playing an Argonian and I saw the other beast races Argonians and Khajiits were sort of like lizard people and cat people. I saw them being enslaved and I, I was not okay with that and I wanted to do something about it. And I, so I decided to kill all their slave owners, but because no one really reacts to you, like you were, like I was saying before, yeah. um, I would have, yeah, I would kill someone far away and the others, would, the other slave masters wouldn't care. I would have really weird fights where if my health got too low, I would run outside and they wouldn't follow me outside. Cause in this game mm-hmm. they don't do that. Uh, I would rest for an hour he used the healing ring to get some health back and then jump back in, 
get a few damage, rest, heal a bit. So in game, not in in real life, my fight was like three to five minutes. In game, this was a nine hour war I've had between yeah. some asshole that I would just walk in the house, slap him with the sword, then come back outside, rest and heal, and come back <laughs> inside. And yeah, it's freaking ridiculous, but it's an option. And the game gave it to me, and I've said this before. Uh, <laughs> some game designer, it's a quote from some game designer, it's that uh, given the opportunity, uh, the player will optimize the fun out of the game. So doing stupid tricks like that, yeah, it kind of pulls me out of it. But And then I free all the... You know, I kill all the uh, slave masters, but then, again, nothing really comes of it. Some slaves are like, oh, you still, you're not even allowed to free some of them. There's one guy who's like, I don't even think I can be freed. I, I know, what does he say? He's like, I shouldn't be freed. I don't deserve it or something like that. Yeah, I would kill the fam- the owner of the estate and the other guards don't even care. Like the guys that he hired don't even care that I just killed their boss. So really weird disconnect for me. So uh, sure, yeah. Um, fuck escort missions. Oh my god, yeah, especially yeah, they're, they're really bad <laughs> especially playing as two thousand ninja speed and then having to slow up for them. <laughs> having to hold their hand. Come on, oh. come on. And then okay. they would the pathfinding is the game is awful. They would run the opposite way. Yep. And God forbid, you yeah. know. I had to reload a save because a character was a slave that was supposed to follow me. I, I went onto a boat like to explore it that was getting docked, and then the slave couldn't walk the plank back to shore. It was just stuck on the boat, like running in place, and there was nothing I could do because at least in Skyrim I could kind of get creative and fusroda him to the shore or something, or <laughs> or sprint at him, and he'll go like watch it. But at least like he moved a little bit, and mm-hmm. here there's. Not much I can do. I have to gotcha. just reload. So I guess my last question to you guys is at this point, now that we don't have to play this game for the show anymore, <laughs> do you think you would ever see yourself going back and continuing to play the game and or maybe starting a new save? I was actually going to probably log back on tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and play. So yeah, I would. I was surprised that I, I had the same outcome. Today was the first day, I think, since we made the announcement of Whimsic Productions in general, that I've not had to either play a game for the show or edit or do some pressing thing. Today was like the first day that I really didn't have anything immediate that needed to be done. And I thought, I was like, maybe I'll play a VR game. Maybe I'll or I'll jump into some other game or something. And I found myself playing Morrowind, <laughs> which was super surprising to me because I I thought that the age would uh, kill the game for me, but it really scratched the itch I had of uh, after playing like Disco Elysium, where I really wanted to play another RPG like that uh, and delve into a world. And so it, it did that for me. And I guess uh, I don't necessarily see myself ever making another character and going through everything I've done already, but I can see myself continuing to explore the world. I personally would not, just because there's, there's other games that I prefer and have more fun in like i would start my fourth playthrough of the witcher before i did my second one of morrowind you know um i respect the game for what it is and it was a good kind of a good time mostly playing through it but i don't know if i would return and do it again just because there's other options that i would rather play sure if i didn't have time 
if I had like only a half hour to kill or something, like not enough time to throw on the VR set because I have Skyrim VR. Uh, but I just, yeah, if I need to kill time, I can just load this up really fast and I might look around. But I have to be, you know, really bored, nothing else to do. But maybe, possibly, yeah, I could open the game up again. Mm-hmm. Do we feel like we can move into voting territory? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, dude. All right. In the case of The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, how do we vote? My disclaimer for this, for anyone who's still listening, if you are on the fence at this point, you should probably buy the game, if if you're still considering it. The big disclaimer, though, is this is not a game that's going to replace The Witcher. This is not a game that's going to replace Skyrim. Don't be like, oh, it's, it's $4 on Steam and I'll buy this and I'll save myself the $60 it takes to buy The Witcher. It's not that. You're, you're going to be disappointed in that experience. But if you want to delve into a world and experience the lore and, and all these things, uh, again, really, it is the, the text of the world and the environments as well. But really, the text is, is what makes it. Um, so if you're on the fence at this point and it sounds like an interesting world for four bucks, like you've heard the limitations, you've heard what we think, like the stuff we hate and the stuff we like. Yeah, I think you should buy this game. Well, um, the big things I always look for, story, music, gameplay. The story is pretty good. I would uh, Sounds like from what I've looked up, because obviously I didn't get far mm-hmm. in the main story. Um, but like other little story side stuff is pretty, still pretty good. World is still pretty good, exploring. Uh, music, while I... I knew that the Elder Scrolls theme was in... I'm pretty sure it's in every game, so I was expecting that. But I didn't realize they were going to use, like, all... Like uh, John said, you appreciate Skyrim's music a lot less because they just recycled uh, a couple songs from this game. And this game doesn't have many songs. So I've heard them all over and over. And uh, music doesn't even match what you're doing sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it's not that great for me. And then gameplay is the worst thing here unfortunately for me it's not a very engaging gameplay uh yeah so with that said it is not a must buy even though it's five bucks and therefore you should not buy this game for me honestly i said yeah you should buy it that's what i wrote down i said yes you should buy it if you enjoy suffering a little bit but (laughs) if you still (laughs) but um but you're still looking for a decent decently good time i would say buy it i mean i didn't know what to expect going into it i kind of did but i didn't but i i wasn't i don't know I don't know. Again, casual gamer, I wasn't sure how similar it would have been to Skyrim at the time. And then once we started, I'm like, okay, so it's got it. Like, it's, yeah. But I mean, as stressed out and frustrated as I got, I still ended up having a fun time, really. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, for me, whenever I play games, I like to play music, like my own music outside of it. It's just what I do. And if that helps you get through it, that helps you get through it. But uh, yeah, buy it. Why not? Why not? Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I want to say thank you to our donor yes. that, you know, allowed yeah. us to play this game because mm. I'm very glad I got to experience it. It's one of those classics that, you know, everyone loves uh, despite my gripes with it. Um, my caveat for this is if you're a massive, massive RPG fan, I would say check it out. 
Um, otherwise, it's it's a not buy from me. Like you could respect it as the game it is. I'm sure at its time it's revolutionary, but for now there's there's better options that have come out. Play The Witcher, play Skyrim, play Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I don't for know. its time it must have been really great. I can see that. I'm not blind to that, but I don't think Palazzo and I are giving it any sympathy points. It's still it is what it is. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The the difference for me was that I I found that certain aspects where it shined, like particularly in world building and storytelling, it's better than a lot of the modern options. It just I definitely see where the sucky parts are way worse than the good options. Um, but I guess that leaves us at a, at a tie. So so Mr. Barry, Miss Mr. Terrence Barry, as the spectator, have we swayed you to either side? Why did it leave you back to me. Um. As a spectator and hearing everything that you were saying, and as a, I'm a pretty avid fan of RPG things. Um, I'm gonna <gasps> say bye for four dollars, especially like times are hard. Um, <laughs> don't take it too serious. I want to say because obviously the story is like meh, but if you want stuff to do, and you know it's four dollars, and you know people not out here working, we can't afford to buy Skyrim, so. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. Dive into your pockets, find your four gold septums, throw them at Bethesda, buy yourself the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind. Hang outside that corner store and ask for <laughs> Oh, man. I just, I, I, uh, I just want to say I came into this review expecting, expecting a slaughter. I thought I was going to be the only person hmm. who enjoyed the game. Morrowind uh, so squeaks out of victory. victory. Morrowind at the last second pulls through. Amanda won me over with her rat problems. Rat problems? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay, so before we let you guys go, I, I do want to, again, say a, a special thank you to our donor who sponsored this episode, Alejandro Alarcón. Thank you so much uh, for giving us a suggestion. I do think that regardless of how we felt about it, we were all happy to kind of delve into this yeah. this classic game that I don't think I would have had the courage to explore if I had not been given this reason. Um, so what a delightful experience. Uh, thank you so much for, for sponsoring the episode and to all of our donors who made our launch Indiegogo uh, such a wonderful success. Thank you, guys. But that said, that's our review of Morrowind. Go, go on a little adventure. Go check out Tamru. Ooh, it really makes you feel like Morrowind. Oh, no. <laughs> I forbade it. <laughs> It did make me feel like Morrowind. He's right. That's true. Yeah. Just a little bit. All right. Well, I'm going to go play some Morrowind, and I'll talk at you next week. Some more Morrowind. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. And now we can go. Now we can wrap it up. Thank you.